Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I chat with Tamara Arnold. The Peaceful Power Podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle, utilizing fitness, yoga, and Ayurvedic techniques. Each week, I will bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful, powerful life. So Tamira Arnold is a two-time international best-selling author, a mamapreneur, mental health advocate, energy reader, and spiritual badass. She is the founder and creator of the Chakra Business Academy that assists spirit-driven entrepreneurs all over the world to find their stardust and create an impact on the world with their sole mission. So that's a little of her bio, and I thought that would be the best to kind of introduce Tamara and um, all of her amazing gifts. So we chat all about energy. We chat about three energy hacks. So if you're always kind of drained with energy, maybe checking in with these three things and see if you're maybe leaking energy in any of these areas. Um, We chat about how to tap into intuition and not just like the, hey, I feel it in my belly intuition, but like she goes deep into three different layers of intuition. Um, And then we finally, we finish up with talking about the chakras and how to um, use the chakras in our life and how to know when we're out of balance and how we might want to bring those um, into our daily life. So in a nutshell, that's what we talk about, a lot of deep stuff. So if you guys are looking to um, maybe digest this over the rest of the month, um, you know, you guys can try that out. Like we even, um, you know, kind of joked at the end of the interview about maybe trying it out when you're with your family members, because, you know, we, I'm actually going to be off with the podcast the last two weeks in or the last week in December and the first week in January. So if you want to have some time to digest and simmer and maybe implement some of the stuff that she chats about, um, now would be a perfect time to do that. So without further ado, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode as much as I do. Here is today's interview. Welcome back to the Peaceful Power Podcast. Today, I'm super excited. I have Tamara Arnold with me, and um, I actually got to meet this amazing soul in person. And so I cannot wait for you guys to hear from her. So first, I want to kind of throw it over to you, Tamara, and just kind of introduce yourself. Tell us, you know, a little about your story. Uh, so that's a big story for <laughs> a period of time. Um, but I am your energy guru, if you will. I am a business energy strategist. My entire life's mission right now is to help people understand their own personal energy and how it affects their businesses and their lives and their relationships, how they show up in the world, and basically any interaction that they have. And how I got to that space, because, you know, helping Uh, six-figure entrepreneurs with their spiritual gifts stand in their stardust and shine it was it's kind of like a story of um living in a complete alternate universe for most of my life where i remember being at 10 and knowing that i i was gifted and knowing that um there was a bigger energy in this world that we could tap into and i grew up around a mother with mental illness and to to take care of her And I mean, it was a choice, as you know, with anything, I didn't have to take that on myself. Um, I decided at the age of 10, vividly, I can remember saying, this will come back later. I'm here for for my mom right now. And between, you know, being around my mom who had severe mental illness and then having a son who had severe mental illness, things got really toxic. And when he was 17, we had to part ways for a short period of time. It lasted six months, but that needed to happen. And it was during that time of depression after him and I had broken up because, you know, what kind of parent does that to their child? Um, 
was in those moments of meditation that I got into that I reconnected to the greater energies of this world and started a whole other road to um, helping serve through, you know, the greatest good that we can possibly tap into. Uh, I love that. And I don't know if I even knew all of that part of your story either. So um, I want to know kind of in the last few years, because this is also something that we have similar backgrounds in the training world, um, that also is kind of that next evolution, I guess, is how you went from maybe being in the training or fitness space and then completely switching gears on that. Because I think that sometimes is a hard leap for people to do is to change maybe um, the outside world's perception of them. So can you tell us a little about that journey? Well, so when I got into personal training in my early 20s, I started as a fitness instructor. And um, the reason I did that was because I didn't know at the time, but I always, I always used to say I was a sponge. And so I was, I was wherever I was, if I worked in the restaurant industry and people were getting mad at me because the cheese or the pepper or whatever, I'd be like, whoa, like why? Like I didn't want to take that in. So I found myself gravitating towards working in an environment where people were happy, which then allowed me to absorb happy feelings and emotions. And the physical body became everything I wanted to know about. Like, how did it work? How did movement occur? How did, you know, muscles build? And all of these incredible things, it just fascinated me that as human beings, we had the capacity to have such functional movement in our lives. And that was one of it. And the other piece was, was the fact that it was just such a positive place. Like fitness is the only place that you can go where everybody is striving for greatness at all the time. Like you generally, even if somebody's going into a gym in a bad mood, they're there to let it all out, to just leave it on the gym floor. And, and so they're there to release and let go and leave in a happier state. And so that, I, I loved that. I loved everything about the energy of a gym. And after I started to do the physical body, right, I, I wanted to know energetically the nutritional body. What could, what could we eat that would give us more energy, less energy? How could we eat to perform better in our fitness or in other areas of our life? Like what could we feed our brain? And so I started to like eat and, and learn as much as I possibly could about the nutritional body. So then it just became kind of the next phase of things in a way to know the energetic body. So if I've, I could say that humans in a in the whole, like from top to bottom, from every component, I have researched my entire life. This just was the logical next step, right? If you're going to yeah. do the physical, external, muscular, skeletal system, and then you're going to get in and you're going to learn about the endocrine system and you're going to learn about what foods feed what, when, and how, then why not want to know energetically how we can release or remove or let go of like actual energetic blockages within our body because if all of this is just to be in the highest vibrational state that we can be like isn't that what this is all about so it was just a phasing really <laughs> mm, yeah no i can i can definitely relate to that um you know coming from my own experience and just watching some of my friends who have kind of been in the industry because i think when we first start it is like all oh, about the physical body and then after you maybe have you know worked in the industry for a while okay it really is a lot about mindset and then from there either maybe people stop there or maybe people kind of drift into well let's dive even deeper into the mindset and the energetic body and um i definitely can relate to that story that's why i think i mean i can relate to you and just like the kindred soul i'm just like okay yeah. 
I can see this. I can well, see. Well, I mean, evolution. like in true story too. Like to get into coaching from personal training, and if any personal trainers are listening to this, you're coaching. Yes. You're absolutely 100% a life coach already. Like we listen and we help guide. Like half of my clients were coming in. I mean, the conversations that you have during an hour training session once a week, you are helping them not only work their physical body, but shift their perspective on, on their lives and make better choices in all areas. That's life coaching. So this was also like how I got into life coaching. It was just a natural step. When you look back and you're like, oh my God, I've been doing this for 11 years amazing. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Uh, totally. I can relate to that. And I've had what people who are just like, I don't care whatever you do. I just want to work with you, whatever your next evolution will be. And I'm like, that's so funny. Cause I'm like, it's just much more than, um, I mean, I guess probably not everyone, but a good chunk probably are doing more than they think they are. A hundred percent. We are off, almost often always doing more than we think we are. <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I want to kind of talk about this, the energy. And, um, I think a good place to start is maybe just tapping into our intuition. And, um, you know, for me, the book that you gave me, the surrender experiment by Michael Singer was absolutely perfect for me and exactly what I needed to hear. And, um, like, how did you kind of even know that like, okay, Andrea really needs to read this book now. Cause I think sometimes we're just like, you know, maybe we hear that voice, but we don't follow through with that. So you can talk people through kind of working with our intuition. So this is a perfect conversation for me because there's different levels of intuition, right? So you might get a sensation in your stomach, like a tightness, and you know that that's like, oh, maybe this isn't a good idea and maybe I should turn away for it. That's a, that's a form of intuition, right? Where you have a physical response to something that is in front of you. Mm -hmm. So that's like the first phase. It's like your body trying to say like, hey, um, let's listen or let's there's an there's something greater that's trying to get your attention and the only way that you're open to receiving this is through a physical response right and so you can feel like if it's a good idea you'll feel an elevated heart rate and you'll maybe like breathe a little differently like oh my god right like it's exciting and so that's it like uh, that's intuition working in a physical way in your body then you can phase up a little bit where you might get what you could consider a nudge or an inkling or a knowing right? Where you're like, oh, I kind of knew that this would be a good idea. I kind of, because you're not really open to receiving the actual verbiage or like hearing the voice of whatever it is that's guiding you, but you're, you're ready to respond in a different way. So you're, you've moved into the level of, no, I definitely have something that is pushing me in this direction, right? So it can yeah. be like most people say nudge. I got a nudge or a feeling. And then there's what happened with you, <laughs> which, and the, the, the way it worked for me is that I started to receive messaging in meditation. And then when I actually realized the, the messaging was real, like it was actually true, then I started to hear it outside. And so as I was finishing the book, I receive an actual voice that is not my own voice. It comes from behind, but it's still in my thought process. And it's like, you need to give this book to Andrea. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> because I trust it. Once you get to a phase of trusting, uh, which is the biggest lesson that we all are on in our spiritual journeys is like to know that we can trust that everything is being guided for a particular reason. Uh, once you get to that, when I receive a message to do something, I'm like, clearly it's of the highest good. Sure. Absolutely. This book is for Andrea. That is so crazy. So like with that voice, so people are like, okay. Like how, how can I like graduate myself to that level? 
So it's so independent to each and every thing. So one of the, th the greatest ways that you can just get yourself into this space is by truly trusting that the first thing you receive is the right answer. So if you're asking a question, should I stay in this relationship? Should I stay in this job? What about becoming a life coach? Um, is wearing this red dress the right thing for me today? You're going to immediately re like receive an answer because you're asking of something, what should I do? And so you're going to receive yes, no, uh, do this, do that. Maybe it's a title for a program or a book. You'll hear it right away. And so you want to foster that because the minute that you don't respond or, or listen to that immediate voice or that immediate thing that you're hearing, you start to get into your own brain and you actually talk yourself out of things. Like you, you use your conscious mind to create unreal outcomes. And as soon as you do that, you're stepping yourself further away from fostering that intuition or that voice. I've done that a few times. Oh, I've done that all. Like, I still do that. Like, I'm still a work in progress. It's always going to be that way. Um, but the more you practice your gift, the more you experience it. Mm. So I, uh, I want to share this with you because I feel like this, and I, don't, I didn't share this with you yet, but, um, and it's after you gave me the surrender experiment, because I think you'll find this to be kind of on point, I guess. But um, I'm driving down the road, down this beautiful highway, and I'm like, what should I do? Should I continue with like an online thing or stay with in person? I'm like, I just don't know. And I just kind of let it go. And like 10 minutes later, I'm like, still, we're driving down this highway and um, like Chris Stapleton's song, Broken Halos comes on. And I love that song. And all of a sudden I'm like bawling and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to open up a small like yoga studio slash Ayurvedic um, teas and herbs and have like a little gifty shop with some of my favorite things in the front and all of this like came through me and I'm like bawling because I'm like, this, this is what I need to do. And I thought of you because I was like, all of this happened after you give me or after you gave me that book. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is because I was just like surrendering. I'm like, I'm just going to release and just let it go. So I feel like that maybe would be an example of listening. It's a hundred percent listening. So I'm going to take this another step further and say, so now you've received the ultimate outcome, right? So we'll call this your stardust, your, your, your light, what it is that you are here on this earth to do, to have this yoga studio with a gift shop in the front, but to get from where we are to where that is requires something, right? Like we can't just jump from the current self to having that yoga studio with the gift shop and things like that. So we create or we place it into like, what would Andrea who has the yoga studio with the gift shop do, right? And that becomes mm -hmm. your, your question that you ask every single day. And it may be that in the process of funding the movement to be able to afford the yoga studio, to be able to um, have the gift shop and to buy the merchandise or to set that up and even to build those relationships, there could be steps along the way that need to be taken, right? So then you're like, okay, what would Andrea who has a yoga studio and a gift shop do? Well. She would, you know, create an online program that can fund the movement for this. Um, you know, she might reach out to different local artists and start building relationships so that when she opens the gift shop, you know, you'll have something to tie in. And so you begin with, this is so powerful. I love this vision for you as being your destination vision. But from where you are today, start asking that question and taking small actionable steps to get there. Oh my gosh, this is why I love talking with you. Cause I'm like, as you're saying this, I was like, holy crap, like 
I've been doing that, but not even realizing that's what I've been doing. Cause I'm like, okay, if I go to this studio, okay, I know the owner, I need to talk to her and figure out how she did this. And I'm like, wait, I need to look into this. And if I open a studio, like I've already been doing that, but not realizing like that's what was taking place. That's so crazy. It's so cool, right? And this is so powerful for anyone that's listening too. Oh, it's yeah. to think of like what you, cause we don't necessarily always see the gap. We're like, great, so here I am today and this is what I want to achieve with my life. I know it, I can feel it. And it could be something big. I was talking to somebody last night uh, having tea after my fitness class and uh, she was like, yeah, I was coaching this person who was really unhappy and they said, I was like, well, what is your big dream? What do you want to do? And hers was to travel to Mars. And she was like, oh, <laughs> that's like, how do you coach someone from where they are to traveling to Mars? But at the same time, she went to aerospace school and she, you know what I mean? Now she works, she's been to NASA Canada. She's done all of these things to get herself into a position or a placing where she's even closer to getting into Mars. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, the little steps that I think sometimes um, I know I've missed in the past is those in-between steps where you're like, this is where I want to go, but then we don't actually think about, okay, what would it like really take to get us there. So I think that's so huge when you're looking at some of those, you know, future, future you, whatever you want to accomplish. Right. I agree. So like, I always call it an anchoring statement. So like your anchoring statement could be what would, you know, Andrea that uh, runs a successful yoga studio with a gift shop in front do. Like that's something that you could ask yourself to show up in your life, in your day, in this moment, no matter what's going on around you. If, if your child's cranky and, you know, snotty and wants your attention or your husband is unable to get home from work in time, or you feel like you're, you know, doing nine to five and trying to start a side hustle at the same time, right? But if you can get to that one phrase or that one statement that becomes what, it doesn't matter what's going on. If you're to think of your big dream or your goal or your, your purpose, your stardust, mm. it, it just has you showing up in a different, a different energetic state, no matter what. Mm. Yes. Oh. So thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Cause I think that definitely will help people kind of see the different levels of intuition and, you know, maybe stuff that people have missed in the past. Um, one of the other things I want to talk to you about is energy and in particular energy hacks. Cause I know that you have like three different energy hacks that you use and, um, you know, how it can make an impact on your life. Like maybe starting today, starting tomorrow. So we already talked about the first energy hack and, and this one is like, I can, if I could just get everybody in the world to kind of think about it in this way is the first answer is the right answer. Mm. Um, so that's the first energy hack. You save yourself a lot of energy of talking yourself out of it and creating all of these like things. Cause you know, we all do this. It's like, well, if I contact that place or I do this thing, then this might happen. And then if that happens then this other thing might happen and then, oh, that person's going to find out that I did this thing. And then you create a, like a whole series of reasons why it's a bad idea to do the thing. And so then you don't take action on it. Right. Yes. You lose a lot of energy in just making a make-believe future up that doesn't exist. So when we get the answer, <laughs> save energy. So it's an energy hack to be like, even if, if it doesn't, if, if you fail at it, like even if it's the wrong thing, taking action on the wrong thing surely puts you on the path of the right thing. Mm. So always I say receive it because you're probably thinking, well, what if it goes wrong? What if it goes wrong? <laughs> Nothing bad is going to happen. <laughs> it just means that you'll have a better awareness of what could go right when you do it a different way. So the first answer is the right answer. Energy hack number one. Energy hack number two. 
do the thing you've been avoiding. <laughs> it takes up so much mental space and physical space in your body if you constantly feel dragged down about the closet that you haven't cleaned out since you moved into your house 17 years ago or you know your your finances and you just like stick everything in a drawer and you don't want to do it this is such a drain because some part of you and your thought process your subconscious and your energy is always in the closet and it's always in the bill with the bills in the drawer so you create space energetically for yourself by taking care of the things you've been putting off one of the um so this is coming through the happiness project by gretchen rubin was a yes. really you've read that book yes, right yes okay so like when she talks about cleaning your exterior space because it just it does it like it it unleashes this wonderful sense of like oh my god i did it it's all done and now you don't have to think about it and it's like giant weight comes off your back um when you do the things you've been putting off so that's an energy hack because it creates such an abundance energy in you. Mm. And the third energy hack, and this one I say for last because sometimes we have a hard time with this one. And that is that you need to place your own wants and needs first. Mm. Above and beyond your children, above and beyond your partner, above and beyond anything and everyone. So, and the reason is, is like, just like the airplane, when the masks fall down, they don't tell you to put the mask on your partner or your child first. They tell you to put it on yourself so that you can be functioning to help and support the people in your life. And so you need to be thinking, what do I need to do today to be of high value to the people in my life? Whether it's I need to go for a walk or I need to have a bath or I need to find 30 minutes to be just alone and with my thoughts, whether it's journaling, waking up, whatever it is, the greatest energy hack you can ever give yourself is to place yourself as being the most important person in your life. Hmm. I think that one could be a, such a tough one, especially for the moms out there is just being like, okay, I do deserve this and I can make the time and make the space for that. Um, I was Sarah Jenks. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but I went to one of her retreats and that was one thing <clears throat> that she focused on was like making sure that you're taking the time and taking the space for yourself and doing what you might you know, need to do to create that space, whether it be, so, you know, having someone come in and clean the house or having some childcare um, or asking or having the tough conversations with your spouse. Yeah. And I got to this place by doing it all wrong, by the way, because <laughs> I had a, a child with severe mental illness. So, you know, I made the problem. I had to fix the problem. And I spent, mm. you know, 17 years of my life completely embedded into what he was doing, how he was acting, how he was responding you know, when I wasn't with him, what was he, was he okay? How is he handling things? Everything. And so when we actually took that break that I, I remember walking into my living room and being like, Oh my God, I actually have zero idea who I am without being mm. Ethan's mom, <laughs> because I hadn't stayed within myself, putting myself first in any way, shape or form for 17 years. And it was a lonely, scary place to be when you don't even know. Like I did a, a program and they had asked me, what are 50 things you love to do? Just 50 mm. things you love to do. And that question nearly killed me. It took me days to like write out 50 things I love to do because I have lost any connection to what I love to do at all. 
Like if it didn't be like, what, talk to therapists? No, that's not what I love to do. What, take Ethan to a doctor's sprint? No, no, no. Put out a fire in the house because something's gone wrong? No, nope, that's not a 50 things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that is that is also another common thing that I've you know seen, especially again, you know, with moms whose maybe kids are now in school or out of school, and all of a sudden they're like, whoa, you know, connecting back to themselves, and it's that space, it's that quietness, that emptiness that, you know, then you have to deal with some of the stuff that maybe you didn't deal with a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and believe me, it's so much easier just to take that time. I'm telling you with love, it is easier now to hear this podcast and to, you know, or to, to hear somebody else say it wherever it comes from. Cause sometimes it just takes one conversation or one person to make it click yeah. that when you do something from a space of within putting your energy into yourself, because what happens is when we're, um, thinking about our kids or our partners or everybody else and, and giving, giving, giving. And so people pleasing and not having clear boundaries and all this, we physically energetically leave our body and it becomes very chaotic and very scattered. It's like the hamster wheel. I can't catch up. Nothing is, nothing makes sense. And you will never catch up in that energetic state. Right. But if you can pull yourself back into your body, into a place of a heart centered love based thought or whatever, and know that, and you can say to yourself, if I own, if, like, it's just half an hour a day. If I spend half an hour a day, feeding myself and my soul and my energy, then everything that I show up for and with will be highly impacted from this state of love. And no, it doesn't, nothing is chaotic anymore. Everything becomes so much clearer, so much easier, so much more like flowing all because you made a commitment to only spend 30 minutes with yourself every single day. Like it's, believe me, believe me, it is so worth the investment. <laughs> mm, yes. And I love that you said it just like 30 minutes, you know, and that's sometimes we think it has to be hours and that has to be what we have to do to get things done. But really I mean, maybe waking up 30 minutes earlier, if you need to, you know, get down and before people are awake, that's usually when I do my time is I get up sometimes at 4.45 to make sure I get the time in because yeah. I know I'm going to be on the rest of the day. So that's, you know, that's kind of the space that, you know, we have to start kind of reframing and looking at things. And then that might come to looking at other habits, which I've had to do in the past where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to get up early, that means I got to make sure I'm getting to bed early. And then, okay, even on like a Friday night, if I'm going to have a glass of wine, I still have to get up early on Saturday to do this. And if I don't, like that's where you start to get into some habits and then you really dive deep with people. And those are the things that we don't always want to change, but usually it's going to be the thing that really gets us to like actually have that time for ourselves, that space, and maybe going to the next level and whatever they're doing. Well, and I love that you're saying that because, you know, it doesn't have to be in the morning because we yeah. just naturally, like you get to a place where you look at successful people and you're like, what are successful people doing that I can do? Always like they're like, get up early or get up early or to yes. find time. But I'm going to say for any viewer who is like, here's that morning word. And they're like, F you morning. I am not getting <laughs> up at five or five 30. That's ridiculous. Hmm. I would make a suggestion to just simply say every morning, what is the one thing that I can do for myself to Day. And it may be that after you leave work, you park by the beach and watch the waves for 30 minutes, or you, you know, make a walking date with your best friend to just, you know, get all of the stuff out of you and you just need to vent or you just need to talk. But like, if you don't feel, never make it feel like it's just something else I have to do in the day. Like now I'm just like creating discomfort in the fact that there's like, I need to journal or I need to get up or, and it's, so just if you even get to that space of awareness where you can ask yourself, what is one thing I can do today? Because like I can, you and I can say now where we are, like I have a morning routine, I have a night routine, I have a this, I have a that, right? But I didn't start that way. Yeah. I 
started with what is one thing I can do today to feel my best. Yeah, no, I love that. Cause I, I mean, I still don't have an evening routine. Like that's been on my list, but it's not, it's not coming to place right now. So that's okay. So, I mean, that's, I, I definitely can, uh, I can relate to that. And I think that's the, depending on the stage of life that you're in too, if you have really little kids, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just any time for yourself is like amazing. Cause I know that was something I struggled with. And so if you have really, really little kids and you're listening, like just taking maybe five minutes here and there throughout your day. And that's all you can get in, like, just kind of savor that. And that's kind of just knowing it will get better. Cause I totally was in that headspace of like, Oh my gosh, I'm never gonna have time for myself again, but you will just got to wait oh, yeah. a couple like, years. <laughs> when I first started, cause like I am in a blended family. So I had my two kids and then I got with a man who had two kids. And when we met the, the youngest were six and then there was an eight and whatever. My personal time was like, I'm going for a bath. I had so many baths when we first met because I was like, Oh my God, it's chaos in here. What, what's it? whose idea was this, right, like, kind of thing, and so, like, I could go, and I could get into the tub, and, like, nobody bothers you in a tub when they're six and eight, and, you know, uh, 13 or 14 at that time, Um, but, you know, even nap times, or if you have really little, like, it's okay to not do the laundry during a nap time, and to go and sit by yourself and read a book or just sit in the sun or do those kinds of things. It's the permission to rest, permission to do something for yourself. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I can, I mean, I remember my mom talking about, speaking of bath time, she used to say, Calgon, take me away all the time when we were little. We yeah. thought it was hilarious. And now that I'm a mom, I was like, oh no, she was being serious. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Just give me this little bit of time where there's yes. nobody to tell me something or interrupt me or want my attention. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, um, you know, kind of talking about the last, you know, topic I want to talk about is chakras. And um, I want us to like, just kind of break down maybe the different chakras and like how people can use them or how you use them in, you know, our daily lives. So the really cool thing is we we're, we're talking about intuition and things like that. And I talked about receiving downloads um, in my meditation and then starting to hear voices outside. So last February I received that I could read chakras without knowing anything about chakras in particular. So everything that I'm going to tell you is what I received through a direct connection to something greater. And uh, so when I downloaded that I could read chakras, just immediately went to the computer. And this is where I say the first answer is the right answer because I take action on it. I just don't say that. I legitimately do it. And so here I am. I'm like, oh my God, what? I can? Uh, Okay. I go to the computer. I say, apparently I can read chakras, people. Does anybody want me to practice on them? And uh, that was the scariest thing probably I've ever done in my life. Uh, But it turned into one of the most powerful things. So I just trusted that I would be guided. I just trusted that I could do it. And it in turn has manifested into this great big knowing. And what it is for me is that most people spend their time on the exterior. I need to get, do this, have all of those things. But you know, spirit's kind of shown me the energy funnel of our internal self. And so we have seven energetic floors in our body. And, you know, the first floor is our foundation. It is our root. It is the basis of who we are. It is the chakra of action. This is the place that, you know, you can do a million other things, but until you get through releasing on fear of judgment, seeking the approval, having clear boundaries for yourself and not people like people pleasing, these things will always stop you from taking action for yourself. 
right? And so the root chakra of this foundation is when you realize that we have a choice of where we place our energy. If those people, or if you're fearing judgment or seeking their approval, they're not your people. And so you need to learn to disconnect or to remove yourself energetically from people who are bringing you down or they want you to, to take away from your life, who are not celebrating. If you keep finding yourself in a place where, you know, you're telling people, hey, I'm so excited. I think I'm going to write a book. And they're going to be like, well, that seems dumb. Why would you do that? Those kinds of people, don't talk to them anymore. Find people who that you can tell to who will be like, that's a great idea. What can I do to help? Da, da, da. So your root chakra is your root chakra. It is the chakra of action. And you'll know this one isn't functioning properly because you will be highly distracted. That's how resistance shows up in the root chakra if you are avoiding doing the work on that one. Mm. And then the second one, so your second floor, which is right at the pubis bone, is your sacral. And this is your, oh, I just love this one. This is your sex and money chakra. And so it's fun to say that outside yeah. of what it does. And Important for, one. It is. It's super because it's governed by feminine energy, sexual energy, and sen sensual energy. And so I read it all in a business component. That's I do business energy. And so like it's really and and it does relate to your personal. But like sexual energy is not like you know wham bam thank you ma'am in the bedroom. It is just being able to stand confidently in your own body, declaring whatever your mission out is. But that requires two things: confidence in your body, loving yourself just as you are here in this moment today, not thinking when. I lose or if I had right you are perfectly perfect in your your human form at this moment and then the other confidence is is that you can without a shadow of the doubt tell people what you do for a living mm -hmm. right without like a ooh, I hope they understand or it comes across right or they're not gonna judge me or all that that, that all has to go and when you can shine into that confidence of declaring your mission fully into the body that you love that's the energy that's fully being seen that's like people walk into a room and you see them and you're like they have it all they have is a really highly functioning sacral which we all have the capacity to have <laughs> i love it and then you go to your third floor which is your solar plexus now i called this the cave of wonders and i call it the cave of wonders or your energetic drunk drawer because we, from the time we are born, are perfect, light-filled beings of love. And we have no fear, zero fear when we are born. But we create fear or we're given fear by the people that love us. And automatically, like, obviously, we don't want our kids to run into the road. Like, so you're going to say, don't run into the road or don't talk to strangers or, you know, and we create this protective bubble around our children as we should because we need to teach them right or wrong. But whether it's what our parents' fears are, like my mom had a fear of driving on the highway, so I had that fear of driving on the highway for most of my life. Um, because I, I chose to, it goes right into our solar plexus. It creates our belief system about ourselves. Like if somebody says to you, oh, you're overweight, or you aren't smart, or your music teacher says you'll never be able to catch a tune, whatever it is, we create the belief system that we actually govern our entire life on in our solar plexus. Mm -hmm. And so the only way that we can be willing to clear this is by really when we get into that uncomfortable state. So in, it'll, we'll be triggered. Like somebody will be like, oh, that dress is a little tight on you. And your immediate thought is like, oh, I'm fat. But you're not fat in any way, shape, or form. It's just somebody told you that once and you're still holding on to that belief. So you have to detach from your circumstance and kind of look at it and go like, would I tell my childhood teddy bear they were fat? Oh, no, I wouldn't tell my childhood teddy bear. That's not very nice. So then where did I hear this from? Where did I pick it up? And then I can let that go. It doesn't need to be part of my junk drawer anymore. And you just have to go through. And it's a constant, constant. 
right? Like mm -hmm. you're getting rid of one thing, you might be picking up another, but you're always releasing, you're always making clearing your junk drawer super important. And then there's your heart. <laughs> your heart is like, to me, the most powerful thing that we have in terms of your energy and your chakras, uh, because it is your fourth floor and it is like the muscle that keeps us alive. We all know this from personal training and from taking care of our human bodies. The heart stops, you stop. But it's also your um, energy life force because we breathe into our hearts and we exhale from our hearts. But the problem is if you're worried a lot about somebody else, you carry people in your heart, somebody hurts you, so then you protect your heart. And there's all sorts of ways that we prevent our heart from actually being the vessel of energetic exchange that it was meant to because think about this and I'm going to jump to the crown but we can get to a space of even talking about compliments just a simple compliment right mm -hmm. and if you can't take a, a, a compliment from somebody then you can't hold space in your heart for an energetic exchange because they're exhaling they're like I love this person's dress I'm going to tell them and they breathe out from their heart and they're like I love your dress <laughs> Right, and you're like, oh, this whole thing, like, oh, mm, you know, it would have looked better if I was five pounds lighter, or whatever it is, and you've blocked an energy exchange from occurring, and so you're not inhaling into your heart, and so that's the space where we we get into creating like the heart space to inhale whatever it is to receive whatever it is into our heart, so that we can have a better and more potent exhale into the lives of those we love. Then there's only three more. Your throat chakra, which is your fifth floor. And this one's really important because if you are chronically sick, I'm going to say something here that either you will take for realties or not. But when I was sick all the time, it's because I wasn't using my voice and I was afraid to use it. And so when you're, you have something in your thought process, your energy system that you're not getting out, you're blocking your throat chakra, right? You're closing off your voice. And I mean, I did this and I know this one because I lived around mental illness and I was afraid to use my voice. And so I got sick a lot, like a lot, a lot. And when I wrote my book, I released my throat chakra and I really am not sick anymore. And so just be conscious of that. Like anything that you're not physically saying, it has to go somewhere energetically. So this one's a really important one as well. And then the top two all kind of merge together, which is your third eye and your sixth floor your, and your crown, which is your seventh. And so your third eye is really, if you ever are <laughs> like get into stress, worry, and overwhelm, your third eye is not in a space of full trust that there is something divinely happening in front of you at all times. And you know, this is, this is not one that is easy to work through because like even the other night in bed, my thoughts were going left, right and center. And I was like, just give it to the universe. Just give it to the universe. None of what you're thinking is real. None of it's right. And so, you know, but I'm years in the practice. At first it would be like, okay, I have all these thoughts. I just need to get them out on paper. So they're not in my mind anymore. And that was the first phase of like, okay, I stop, got to stop like just having all of these things going through my head. And then the crown is the receive. So just being open to receive and not putting expectations on how it looks. Like we can all say, oh, I would love to take this course. I would love for my family to feel this way, or I would love for this. But then if we put an exact way that it's meant to look, like it has to come to me in this package or in this way, you're really not open to receiving because the universe is going to bring it in whatever way it's meant to be brought. And if you're like, well, that wasn't how I wanted it. So therefore I'm not going to accept it. Then you've kind of closed your crown chakra. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I, I mean, I definitely agree with the throat chakra. I actually had a conversation with one of my clients about that and um, you know, how headaches could happen if you're just kind of not speaking out and using your voice and, um, so yeah, I've, I've seen that. And if someone else is kind of, um, maybe like, okay, 
Like now she told us about them, but how do I know when one is out of balance? Like, is there an easy way for people to tell? So I, yeah, so for me, there's a um, resistance that occurs in every one. And the more that you go into each one individual, so like the root chakra, if you're distracted, meaning like you go to do something and then you're like up doing the laundry or you're cleaning the dishes instead of sitting and doing the thing that you want to be doing, that's one way of distraction. The other is like getting so busy in your life that you don't have to think about what's going on. Those are the two forms of distraction. That's all related to your root chakra being off, right? When we get into sacral, the opposite of feeling confident in your body and showing up fully present and being and seen is hiding this is where you find excuses not to go to parties or to events or things like that you you want to you know be in your pajamas and on your couch and I mean I love being on my pajamas and like in my pajamas on my couch but I mean like you physically will find every reason to do that over everything else and even when you're out you're thinking all I want to do is get in my pajamas Amazon on my couch and you make that the only thing you go out and even when you're talking to people you're not engaged in the conversation because you're want to be at home mm-hmm. and you're, so that's hiding that's when you know your sacral's out uh, when we get into your solar plexus oh this one's my favorite everybody who's <laughs> listening when you're letting the beliefs of others govern your life you are in perfectionism Mm. And you don't think that everything that you have within you is enough. So you are a chronic certificate getter. You <laughs> like do you can you know the people who have the file folder of all the certificates that they've ever gotten, but they're not doing anything. Yep. Right? Uh, yep. I totally started down that path myself. Then I, until someone was like, What are you doing? I was like, Oh no, no. That's what you had to do. And they're like, no, you already have the knowledge. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And then there's like, I can't do this because it has to look a certain way. Like I have to like, you know, I need all the steps and I need to follow this plan and it has to look a certain way and I have to do this and I have to do that. You just create, that's a solar plexus. It's the belief that I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not seen and I'm not heard. Right. Um, Your heart chakra is off when you have martyrdom. And what I mean by that is if you ever have the thought, like all I ever do is give and nobody's there for me and you know, that means you're exhaling, but there's no inhale. So that's mm-hmm. when you know that there's an energy, um, just what's the word I want to say? It's not, it's not an equal balance of inhale and exhale. Uh, so it'll feel like you give and give and give and nobody's ever there for you. You do everything for everyone. That means your heart chakra's off <laughs> and your throat chakra's off if you get sick oh. and your third eye is off um, when you are completely in stress and overwhelmed so even I would say headaches for me are a sign of overactive thoughts that's interesting because the opposite of that is trust Mm. right and trustful trust is like there everything's going to be okay nothing bad can happen and all my needs are met so unless you can say and like feel into that thought and be like everything is okay nothing bad can happen and all my needs are met and know that to be truth (laughs) then your third eye is not rocking to his best. That is so, yes. Yeah, as you were saying, I'm like going through the doshas in my mind and I was like, okay, yeah, these all make sense because they all relate. Because all of the things that you were describing, I'm like these all can relate to a dosha. And then in my, and as you're talking, it's like, okay, but it all makes sense because they are all tied together because chakras and doshas and Ayurveda, they all work. And that would be why, because it's all the same thing because you need the same thing. Yes, it's all the same thing. I mean, like I, I don't, I didn't study anything before downloading all this, right? That's and crazy. So that's just because you know it's universal, and we are all meant to learn it in the way that we are here to support the exact person we are here to support. 
And then I'll just say to the crown, the last, if you are afraid, if you ever hear yourself say, well, every time something good happens, something bad happens, or every time my business starts to take off, so-and-so, or this happens, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or every time I go to do something, my car breaks down, or something happens with the house, your crown is off, because you're afraid to open it up, because you truly believe something bad will happen. That's so, oh yeah, yep. That is so interesting. Cause I can think about, I mean, I think we all go out in all of these at various points in our lives. Yes. Oh, of course. And like I said, like we, the, and you'll understand having just read the surrender experiment is it's work to get to that place of alignment of being fully open and a channel. I always say, you'll know that you are in alignment when you're in a state to fully receive whatever it is that the universe has for you. And you bring that light all the way down into your root chakra, where like a mirror, it is reflected back into the universe, like the bat signal and you know, the exact person people who are meant to be in your life and your business and all around you can see the bat signal and come to you. I love it. I love it. Oh, thank you so much for all of your wisdom. Um, if people are like, I want to connect with her, how can I do, like, do you do chakra readings with people? So yeah. So what happens is you can go to my website, which is tamaraarnold.ca com was taken and I'm Canadian. So it's .ca. <laughs> um, and in there, there's a work with me area and uh so i have different ways in which we can connect the chakra business academy the magical mastermind and the divine collective so um there you can just reach out or send me an, a message through the website or apply to jump on a call because i would love to jump on a call with anyone and find out if this is a good fit or if they're ready to do the energetic work within themselves because it's an absolute game changer ch changer in your life and how you show up for sure oh i love it and then what about your books can they get those on amazon Yep, they can get them into Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble in the States, Chapters in Canada, and that's My Kid is Driving Me Crazy, A Mom's Survival Guide for Living with a Child with Mental Illness, and then The Magical Business Method goes into greater detail all the different chakras and what the resistances are and what they actually look and feel like when they're high vibrating and what kinds of situations in your life you can be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what's going on, so therefore I know that this is what's out. And it's been really powerful when some people have said, like, I keep your book on my nightstand just because when I'm not feeling something working well, I can just grab it and kind of flip through and go like, oh, that's the chakra. Mm, that's a great idea. I love it. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I have one final question for you. And I always like to give out a weekly challenge. And then when I have guests on, I have you guys throw out a little weekly challenge to the listeners. So what would you like that challenge to be this week? You know, and the entire time we've been on the call, I was like, hmm, what do I want it to be? And I'm going to tell it to you straight. And I'm going to ask you guys to do this. And it's going to feel super uncomfortable. And this is it. it. Take action on the first thought. I love it. Okay. That is um, really funny because the I wrote down a title for the episode. And I wrote, the first answer is the right answer. So clearly we're on the same well, way. Look at how divinely guided this is all. <laughs> we can't even see each other, right? Like we oh are not each other. We don't have any way to, to say how that all came to be. But it's so true. Like if you can actually make it an actionable behavioral change where you are like, fuck, that's the first story I swore. That's the first answer I heard. I'm going to do it no matter what. I love it and see what happens in a week when you take action on the first thought. I love it. And I'm totally going to do that. I've been working on that since reading the surrender experiment. I've been really working on all of this and just like tuning in. And uh, so I thank you so much, Tamara, for like giving me that book and coming on the podcast and just sharing your wisdom with everyone. 
Thank you for having me. This has been such a delight and a joy, and I just love you, and I'm just so honored to be here. Thank you so much. And everyone, go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the Peaceful Power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.